Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Good afternoon, Cowboys Nation. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are coming live from the beautiful start in Frisco. It's a little cold outside. Our hearts also a little cold this morning and all day as the Dallas Cowboys season officially coming to an end after a heart-stinging loss to the San Francisco 49ers with a final score of 19-12. to Ladies... What a game. Of course, uh, I'm Jess Navarro, your host. I'm joined by Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison, and we have our Haley Sutton here today. I'm very excited to have our Haley uh, bring up our spirits a little bit. Um, let, let's just go around the table. Initial reactions. How are we all feeling? Christy, we'll start with you. How are you feeling today? So disappointed, mainly because the defense did every. You know, I know they kind of faded a little bit at the end with a couple of long drives, but... What a great effort and executing a great game plan. And it's just the fact that that cavalcade of all pros and pro bowlers for San Francisco, the couple of their guys, George Kittle in particular, Mm. made the big plays when needed to be made and Cowboys didn't. So I'm just really disappointed for uh, in the production of the Cowboys offense and disappointed for the Cowboys defense that um, it was not a complimentary game. I agree. Yeah. Well, my mic is so loud. Hey, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think when you hold a team like San Francisco, a team that's averaging almost 30 points a game to 19 points, that's a that's a game you should win. Uh, the defense went out there and laid it all on the line, and they set the tone from the opening whistle. Osa getting in Purdy's face. I mean, mm-hmm. they did exactly yeah. what the game plan was, make Brock Purdy look like a rookie. And it's unfortunate that you have a performance where your quarterback has the best game of his career the week before and then kind of fizzles in the week prior. And so it's just, like you said, just kind of a disappointing, uh, you feel it in your gut kind of morning where it's like, dang, like this really was the team. Jaron talked about that too. So, yeah, just disappointed. Yeah, definitely. I second being uh, is it a, is it third? third. You thruple. <laughs> I thruple. Mm-hmm. I thruple um, being disappointed for this defense. Uh, this is a, I think I think this is the second year that they've kept you in in these type of games in this type of game specifically against this team. Um, and the offense was not able to find production there. And then off, obviously too, we just we don't know. I personally don't know. We don't know with Dan Quinn getting all these you know, interviews and things like that. Just a so many questions being up in the air of what this that unit in particular is going to be next year um, and how hard they work to get to this point of being where they are you started to see it all come together also too and the dis the disappointing part for me is just how the defense had worked their tails off and they weren't rewarded from the other parts of the ball so 
Yeah, disappointed times four uh, around this table, and I'm sure everybody listening can uh, agree with that same sentiment. And I think what what bothers me the most about it is everything that lost them this game are things that we've talked about all season of being their downfall. So, you know, sloppy play, uh, penalties, no mental focus, uh, miscues, miscommunications, all things that we had talked about throughout the duration of the season that they had time to clean up throughout these you know past few weeks specifically just couldn't come through with the win at the end of course um and like you said that free agency list is pretty long when you go through it there's a lot of key players on there that free agency list uh i'm just glad we're not the ones that have to make those decisions pretty soon but let's let's go back to that feeling because christy you were there in santa clara what was that gut feeling that you got being at the game Early on, did you get any kind of specific feeling, and and why did you feel that way early on? Well, you knew it was it was going to be chippy. We knew it was going to be a physical game just because of the style uh, of the 49ers and then the Cowboys' defense in particular, and Haley's right setting the tone early. And uh, o- Osa had the sack on on that uh, opening drive. Michael made a great play though. You know, taken away. Time you know, too. Purdy was just going to throw it, chuck it out to the left real quickly but Micah was on the guy but when it started pregame with Debo Samuel and the 49ers just Ugh. getting in the way yeah. of uh what is part of the normal Ugh. pregame routine <laughs> right. and so uh I don't know if we want to get into all that right now yeah. but but it's here's the here's the thing I want to point out one thing and that is um I think the league is going to take a look at what happened in this pregame. I do too. And mm-hmm. see if there's something that can be done to make sure that you don't have players walking through yeah. in in the line of sight and getting in the way of what was pregame operations for the Cowboys. So it wasn't just Brett Maher kicking off a tee which he does early, early in pregame. But this was actual operations where you had Matt Overton snapping the ball to Brian Anger, who's spotting the ball at the 29-yard line for Brett Maher. And you've got Debo Samuel, another 49ers, just standing right there. And don't know if anything was said, but they definitely were trying to disrupt this operation and get in the head of Brett Maher, whatever. So, um, but here's the thing. Why did you have the two different the players from the two different teams together, that's on the same side of the field. The way the rules are structured, part of the pregame operations, 60 minutes before kickoff is when you have to be on your separate sides. That, that's when the official pregame warm-ups begin. This is over an hour and a half before the game, okay? Mm-hmm. So when that happens, you especially uh, the kickers and punters, they go to all different parts of the field, and it's really important because for these outdoor games in Levi Stadium yesterday, it was so windy, and the gusts, and then you have a natural grass field, and like in Tampa the week before where the field was in bad condition. Anyway, these specialists and other players need to be able to go to different parts of the field. But I wonder if the league is going to address maybe extending that 60-minute period. Mm. Um, so I, I think that there be, could be repercussions for this moving forward. I just think it was so poor. And, yeah. and I mean, I get it, right? I'm all about the, you know, the, the social media trash talk and the, you know, building up. And there's, there's a certain level of gamesmanship to it. But 
it takes it to another level when now you're impeding their preparation, right? right? Like this is something where like, even if Brett hadn't had k kicking issues before, it's still disrespectful. I mean, what are you doing? What did you hope to accomplish from that? And then just for Debo also to go on social media and tag Micah and all the posts, it just was, it was so poor. And to me, if I'm a 49ers fan and that's the type of stuff I see, it just, it made me look at Debo differently, right? Because I yeah. think he's a tremendous yeah. player. I've never really known anything about him as a person. But now I see, okay, well, you were all up in Brett's space the day before. Now you're dragging Micah, like, when they're, they're kicking him when they're down. And it just – it really didn't set right with me. And just to add one more thing to it, when I say that it's 60 minutes before where you have to stay on your respective uh, side of the field – the officials are not out on the field until 50 minutes before the game, okay? So there wasn't, other than mm. coaches stepping in or Jake McQuaid, who's our, yeah. you know, who's our, um, there was no one to he's, help he's on apart. injured reserve. But luckily no one had to totally be pulled apart. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, you know, they were kind of John in each other's face, Trent Williams, uh, the uh, all-pro <laughs> left tackle, and, and Jake McQuaid. But, you know, Jake's trying to step in, you know, trying to get calmer heads to prevail. But um, petty is the word that was used. Yeah, oh, very petty. Line. So but, petty. But, but here's the thing. Some, it could have escalated and not having officials out there and then the fact that you're allowed to be on the opposite, you know, all over the whole field. I, yeah. I just think it's going to be reexamined. Yeah, Robbie Gold was, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. But Robbie Gold was right there, too. Were they, were yeah. you he was all of them. They, all of them were there. It's very common that the special the specialists, hey, that's a fraternity, just like quarterbacks were a fraternity. Yeah. These guys, they all know each mm -hmm. other, okay? And there's a good chance that, that your, your deep snapper, you know, used to be with the other team, with the punter for the other team at another, you know, at another point of his career. So those guys all know each other. But, um, yeah, go, uh, I, I kind of lost some – I don't want to say I lost respect, but – you see in a different I, I think, light. I, I think you were saying about Debo Samuel. It makes you yeah. look at him yeah, different. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 think, I think Robbie. Yeah. Trent, yeah. yeah. Trent, I, was, I was really disappointed with Trent, Trent Williams. And Trent has a, you know, like I've, I've watched him quite a while. I mean, we watched him when he was with the now commanders, but, you know, at that time Redskins. And, yeah, he's always been kind of chippy like that. But to be, you know, just throwing many elbows and stuff, I just was like, that's a lot of what we've seen, though. Is like they they take on this personality of like well, the bullies, person, the, bu yeah. the bullies, and we bully you. And I think there again is a limitation to that, and especially like what Haley said, talking about preparation. But I mean, they they saw it. They saw it from the defense last yesterday. I mean, they yeah. probably felt it, even though the offense didn't produce that defense. This they Cowboys defense. It made some points in Absolutely. that game sure. and Debo included McCaffrey all of them they soar yeah <laughs> they are like it was a physical very physical they were I thought they were more physical on that side of the ball than even the 49ers were so sure I I think too this is something this is a discussion we would be having even if the Cowboys won this game yeah, yeah. because it's just disrespectful it, to put it lightly <laughs> it's it's disrespectful and it's toxic behavior but no it's it is something that I think the league needs to look into because next time, who's to say that doesn't turn into more of an escalated situation? And especially with those kind of teams that have this history of a rivalry and all this tension from last season to this season. I mean, it, to me, it's just protect your guys, protect your players. Don't put them in situations that 
could escalate, uh, essentially. But uh, just making that clear, we'd be having this discussion even if the Cowboys won because um, if you haven't seen that video on social media, go look it up. It was all over Twitter um, if you don't know what we're talking about. But let's go ahead and take our first break because coming up after this break, we're going to talk about the offensive performance and what ghosts from the Cowboys' past came back to haunt them this time. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We're talking some special teams and some offensive performance coming up. But first, let's talk about the ACMs, because this is how we country. Country music's biggest party of the year is coming to the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you country's music Country music's brightest stars together under one roof, and no one does country like Texas. So you can witness history on May 11th and get your tickets at SeatGeek.com if you are interested in that. All right. So we were talking about the little scuffle uh, with the kicking unit ahead of the game. So let's start with some special teams there, talking about our guy, Brett Money Maher, who made his way back to the bank uh, at the end of this game. He had one missed extra point after the ball was blocked, came back to make – Two field goals, one from 25 yards, the other from 43. Not confident enough to say the yips have subsided completely. However, we did get to see Brett kind of have his redemption moment. So uh, that was good to see. A little side note there. Check the weather. It was 58 degrees with winds coming in the northwest at 14 miles per hour. So like you said, Christy, a little gusty uh, there at Levi's Stadium. But That was that meteorologist. I, was about to <laughs> I started dying. I love it. it was the hand motion and everything. Like, Sorry. Out of the northwest. I, I needed like a green wall right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, when you said southwest, I was like... <laughs> like, do the little exit like I used right. to. <laughs> I love um, that. But I, I always wanted to check the wind, too, because you could even see when the kicks were being kicked and from videos I saw from the warm-ups there's just a little sway and I'm trying to give our guy Brett the benefit of the doubt here and saying it was it was a little gusty and when you're in a stadium and you just look at the rules of how wind works it's a little more gusty in the stadium than outside so 
something to keep in mind there. But what did you ladies think about Brett Maher in this game specifically? We can even uh, widen that to special teams. Of course, uh, we know Kelvin Joseph having himself a play there with that strip that was uh, fumbled and recovered by Damone Clark. We can talk special teams there. So overall, special teams, first reactions. What did you think? Christy, we'll start with you. I've never been more entertained by a crowd than the one <laughs> yesterday at Levi Stadium because have you ever been to a college basketball game, college in particular, where the other team is shooting a free throw and so the student body section behind the, you know, behind the backboard is, you know, waving bricks or, you know, mm -hmm. fat heads or just going crazy and trying to distract the free throw shooter. That's what it was like at Levi Stadium yesterday. The people behind the uh, uprights were they were going crazy and the, the amongst the biggest buzz I think the George Kittle catch was the biggest cheer of the game followed by the um, touchdown run for San Francisco but the three other moments were when Maher was on the field he quieted him mm -hmm. with two of the uh, field goals but mm -hmm. did you notice Haley all the the fans going crazy trying to distract Maher yeah, I think on the broadcast you could you could hear it. I think that was something to be expected for Brett. I I was really proud of him. I don't I and I said this in our pregame show too. I think that Monday's game last week was an anomaly for him. I really yep. don't see that as you know we've we've talked about his pregame prep against Tampa and how he wandered the field a little bit and it might have psyched him out. The field conditions weren't great, so I was not particularly. Uh, surprised that he had you know a performance that we're used to seeing so I was just really proud for him to be able to get back out there and just bounce back quiet the noise so to speak especially after going through that pregame skirmish if you will uh, but I thought special teams is one of the better units on the field I thought you know Kelvin Joseph you mentioned him getting that forced fumble we always joke about him being a little reckless and I think this was one time where you wanted him to be yeah. reckless, and it paid off. Damone Clark having the instinct to get down there and grab that fumble, and it would have been nice if they could have converted a touchdown as opposed to just three points there. That would have been a game changer for sure. But I think overall, just special teams in general, I think they were phenomenal. Kevontae Turpin put this team in yep. some really good field position. He, 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 I think, has felt the impact of playing two professional mm -hmm. football seasons up until you know the last couple of weeks and so for him to get out there and, and really continue to put his body on the line he had some really great returns I thought that was special so uh, it goes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning it's unfortunate when you know you have a defense that's firing on all cylinders your special teams is coming out here and, and being special and that your offense can't match the energy so it's for sure something I think on that front that the front office will have to think about in the next couple of weeks but Special teams was back to being special, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, they came out, and to your point, I felt like Kevontae Turpin put them in great situations because that was my concern is starting field position with going against that defense is where were you at on the field. And you could tell he came out and decided to be explosive. I think he averaged 30 yards a return, yep. which was yep. – He had four he, for 120 yeah. Yeah. with a 44 is long. Okay. Can, can I ask am, – am I just being Debbie Downer? But I thought that – that should have been a touchdown on that kickoff return. Oh, He's the one yeah. that initiated contact with the kicker. What are you doing turning and backing into the yeah. guy? Yeah. I'm, I I respectfully disagree on that particular play. Yes. And there have been other instances. I really like Kevontae Turpin, and what a great find to have him on this team. But I'm sorry, there were too many right. plays this season that were out there that were left on the field. Oh, right there. And, oh, my gosh, that just would have changed everything yesterday. It's like, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, and the, the other one, on. the other one, again, I'm not I'm not piling on Cavante, but there were the three series at the start of the third quarter 
and one of them was not fielding the punt oh, I and remember. letting it mm-hmm. bounce, yep. oh, yeah. and you lost 20 yards of field yeah. position and had the ball at your own nine-yard nine line. Yep. Yeah. I was standing next to a player on the sideline who's screaming, you've Get it? Get you've got to feel that punt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To mm-hmm. your point, there's uh, there are areas specifically with Cavante's um, game that he can improve his vision. Mm-hmm. I think he can improve his awareness of of the field, especially being like this is his first NFL year. Mm-hmm. He's he's a rookie in his own right in he this in, in this league, mm-hmm. right? So I do agree with you that there were there were several instances this season where you were like you there was yards there, there yeah. was opportunity there, and I do think that could have broke the game wide open. Yeah. I also think too there's these expectations that have been set for him since mm-hmm. preseason Absolutely. when he took what was it two two pump returns all the way back to the end zone, and I think that set the standard higher than you would set for any other kind of punt returner in that situation. So look, the man's put his body through a lot in the last two years. Everybody's banged up. Everyone's tired, but you saw that zoom in him. And for me, it was, you hadn't seen that in the last few weeks from him. So it was, it was a breath of fresh air um, that, you know, it wasn't him necessarily aside from that one uh, kickoff return you're talking about, but it wasn't him that was putting the Cowboys offense behind the sticks. Yeah, that was true. That was their own doing. And Great so point. let's go ahead and transition. Uh, my cord got stuck on my belt. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's go ahead and transition now to the offense. Let's talk stats first because uh, there's a lot to break down. And Ooh. I don't want to run out of time for that. So 60 total plays on the offense, 15 first downs. They had 5 of 15 with their third down efficiency. 282 total yards, 206 of which were passing. 76 ugh, were rushing. Seven penalties for 50 yards, two turnovers. Time of possession, 27 minutes and seven seconds. A little side note, Dak Prescott passed Tony Romo for the fourth most completions in Cowboys postseason history. Uh, so a little side note there. And as we know, we're going through... <laughs> Girl, you kill me. I'm sorry. It was just, it it's was okay. killing me because you were reading those stats. And, and Aisha, she's over. Aisha here. immediately goes. I know. I know. I should have, I should have given you like a little warning to like brace yourself there. Um, let's go back to the two turnovers because the week before we were all talking about the turnover bug is done. It was gone. Dak had a clean game last week. Not so much the first, not so much this game. Um, the first interception, let's talk about it. It was Dallas's second drive. Pass was intended for Michael Gallup, and Lenore came with the interception, who returned it to the Cowboys' 21-yard line. Second uh, interception was on Dallas's fourth drive. The pass that was intended for C.D. Lamb was tipped and picked off by Warner. Thoughts on interceptions? Let's start over here, Aisha. How how are you feeling about that specifically? And Seeing that you were strong enough to go back and watch the game, kind of dissect it, what did you Not notice from those enough. interceptions? I'm glad. Hey, 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 hey! I'm glad y'all recognizing it because my therapist is tired of hearing about um, it. You understand? You me? know what? I'm sure the strength that I have to like, but no, seriously. Um, uh, the first interception. I one thing I've been taught that I'm since I'm watching film is to not to give blame because I don't understand we don't know what's supposed to be happening on that play. However, it looked like a comeback route, and then Michael Gallup didn't come back, mm-hmm. and that just that's that. But then moving <laughs> on to the other one though, moving on to the other one though is an, a situation where Fred Warner is fan. Fred Warner was everywhere yesterday, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's not 
the norm. He's not the norm in which you would see a linebacker be able to break that quickly on the ball, to make those decisions. And I really think that Dak, in several instances playing against him, mistimed how fast that man is. But I also feel like with We've been talking about it all year. You said it already. With these, with these route concepts and the way that this <laughs> offense is, listen, the way that this <laughs> offense is run and the way it's been run this year, I think we're going to continue to see these type of things happen yep. until there are different. There's a different way that this offense is run from a passing standpoint. Mike McCarthy's talked about it. Uh, defense is playing um, mirror defense. Well, they're they're literally just waiting for the the quarterback to make the decision. That's something we've seen um, numerous times, and I think a lot of that. I don't think Dak saw the field entirely well yesterday. I think he could have played better. Mm. He made some crappy decisions in certain situations, but I also feel like that what they do schematically from a wide receiver standpoint and, and the way that they – the routes that they run, the way they, they pass the ball around, I don't know if that's conducive to um, your offense being successful in this sense. Like, it, it's, it does not seem like what these players are doing fits what – fits what you I think you would need to do in these situations and, and and again I could be wrong but I just don't know if what that if that fits what that player does well in that situation and that's just me so um I was just that's how I felt about the interceptions and how I feel is that they're gonna they could definitely continue mm-hmm. if we don't figure out what this player does well sure. okay let's do it what does this player do well? Yep. Let's do it. How about not? How about no more mirror routes? How about we not do so many comeback routes? How about so not so many hitches? Because they were biting on everything. They like those DBs were biting on everything. They were focused on everything intermediate, and at no point in time, besides the deep pass to CD Lamb, did you make them pay? Mm. Yep. And what reason did they have to back up? and to not play, you know, tight defense when your run game's not going. And sure. I know we're going to get to that, but there's immense pressure on at the court. And granted, Dak did not play well. I'm holding him accountable. I'm not saying none of that. But there's immense pressure on the quarterback to perform well when so many other things aren't going right around him. And we need to really look at that on that side of the ball moving forward. All Perfectly right. said. Let's go Sorry, ahead and y'all. take a listen. Uh, Jazzy, do we have that sound bite from Dak uh, about what he said concerning his – regarding regarding his interceptions uh we don't have that sound bite but he basically said uh you know he promises this won't be the case going forward there's a lot of off-season work for him to do ladies how how do you feel about that promise Haley how do you how do you feel about that I mean that's we're, we're talking about the highest interception rate of his career I mean does it get worse than that does it stay the same does it get better what what do you do during this offseason to ensure that it doesn't get worse and it doesn't stay the same but it's improved yeah you, know, you <laughs> get with your wide receivers in the offseason and you run those routes and you look at the, the the interceptions that you're throwing and you figure out why the timing wasn't working i mean i think yep it, it it's it's challenging right because you want to believe everything that he says like he Dak is an incredible guy he's an incredible leader he's an incredible quarterback regardless of what the national narrative or the fan base narrative is surrounding him he is a talented quarterback who has done a lot for this franchise very similar to Brett Maher's performance last Monday I think that this season for Dak is is a blip right it's an asterisk because you know he hasn't we haven't seen him operate like that and he and he's coming back from a lot, you know, a broken ankle a couple seasons ago just to come back in and then you break your thumb. I mean, this is a guy who's really been through the ringer, and I really think that missing those five games at the beginning of the season, it, it put 
this team back further than what you thought. And mm. so when you're getting into a postseason and you're facing a defense that's going to press you, you're facing a front seven that's going to make your offensive line work and you're going to have to be the one to dictate when you lose your star playmaker, you know, in the second quarter. Like, it, it's frustrating and it's hard to believe at this point hearing him say, oh, I'm going to fix it, it won't happen again. I, if, if it's me personally, I would rather him just said, Listen, I know that this was hard. I know that this was not the season that you expected of me. All I can promise is that I'm going to work to be the best I can going forward because I think what happens with this fan base is is, is they latch on. Mm. You know, they latch on to the history and, you know, oh, this season was such a disappointment because we didn't make it to the Super Bowl and, and you hold on to that instead of focusing on, you know, the positives that did happen. Now you've got your starting quarterback saying, I promise to get us past the divisional titles. I promise to make it better. And while the intention for sure is there, I don't want to promise that you can't guarantee that you're going to keep, mm. if that makes sense. So I appreciate Dak. I appreciate him taking that accountability. I think that's the first step that a lot of quarterbacks this season in particular didn't do. But I don't want to promise that I don't feel confident that may or may not come true. Correct. Yeah. I think the way you address it moving forward is, first of all, you upgrade your receiving core. Say that. I'm sorry, but seven targets to wide receivers not named C.D. Lamb, and okay. one of those was to Turpin on that trick play at the end, so I'm mm -hmm. going to throw that oh. out. So six, yeah, tar six targets, three of them to Michael Gallup, zero re receptions. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that there's equal fault on Tracking. that uh, first yeah. interception towards Michael Gallup. The second interception, that was real. even though Warner had the interception, and Aisha, you're right, it, what a fabulous player. Such he a had a player. fantastic game. But credit Ward for that. Yes. He, it's a zone defense. He's he's watching Dak mm -hmm. the whole time. That's the great thing about a zone. You can watch the, the quarterback and what, go yeah. with him. And so he reacted. He's the one that tipped the ball up, and uh, subsequently it was intercepted by Ward. So, um, yeah, it's just also that one deep ball to Michael Gallup that was oh so close, but the mm -hmm. ball was just off. I think two factors with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the wind caught it a little bit, but mainly Dak was getting pressure from his right side. Tyron was basically bull rush, kind of pushed back into Dak's lap almost and so Dak had to take a step to the left and didn't have his feet set and the proper mechanics when you're going to throw a long pass because of that uh, pressure coming from the right side so it's not an excuse just a reason I'm just telling you what I saw from the sideline yes, um but but yeah you you have to upgrade the receiving yeah. core and get some guys other than C.D. Lamb who can win on routes yep. and win when you've got the when when the officials are letting the guys play and it's very physical, you have got to come through yep. for your quarterback. Yep. Yeah, and you and to your point, that's what San Fran did. That's what San Fran had. That's why they they to me, that's what they did that last drive that they scored on that really felt like okay, this game is this this game has gotten away from them was the fact they didn't do nothing crazy. They did slants. They went at one weak point in your defense and just decided to get the ball in their playmakers' hands, as we've seen through the playoffs all, all, all year, I mean, this whole weekend. And you just – that didn't happen there. I mean, Dalton Schultz. I mean, like, there were, so, there were no other receivers except for CeeDee Lamb. And I think it's clear, like, of course CeeDee Lamb had a dope day. He's the one that can really get busy against 
he's 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 better than a lot of guys. It's one on one, and I think that's a lot of what the playoffs are. Is are you better than the next guy? Are you better than the guy across from you? Can you go make a play right now? And that's not what happened. Yeah. On the so it's ball. it's almost like going back to the basics, which is what we've been hearing for the past few weeks when when they have these kind of losses, and obviously this one stings more considering it's season ending. But going back to the basics and and doing what works and. We've seen that. That's what's frustrating is we saw it against Tampa Bay going back to the basics and what works for this offense. But the inconsistency within this offensive game plan is just killing everybody, man. I mean, to me personally, I don't even have a a foot to stand on when it comes down to giving any kind of speculation or analysis on these wide receivers. We didn't see any of them. We didn't see anything. We saw CD. Yeah, 10 receptions for 117 yards. Cool. We should see that. We also saw Dalton Schultz, five receptions for 27 yards and one touchdown. Okay. But, but get your foot, get your second yeah. foot down yeah. well, when you're well, going out of bounds. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Right, right. But oh, we also so maddening. We also just, we didn't see anything. And, again, that goes back to they're putting themselves in these third and long situations that we talked about all season they can't be doing. And it was like they would have one momentum, one spark of momentum, and then a killer penalty. Like, Guys, this is the same stuff all season that just wasn't working for you. And so it's it's just daunting to me that the same exact things that haven't been working is what ended their season. Well, just- in a way, in, a, in not the similar way from last season's playoff loss to the, the 49ers, in a heartbreaking way that the game ends and you're like, what just happened? What yeah. was that? Well, I- what have we been saying since the first week we were doing this show, the day after a game? The team that wins in the NFL is the one that makes the least mistakes, the yep. one that doesn't shoot itself in the foot. Truisms are truisms because they're true, mm-hmm. okay? And yep. so uh, whether it was the two uh, first-half interceptions that lead to the six points or, oh, my gosh, the killer penalties on the defense. George yep. Kittle getting that defensive holding call on Donovan Wilson. It yes, hurt. I think it was the correct call, but George Kittle knew exactly what he was mm-hmm. doing and yes. getting his head in there. And yep. he, oh, my gosh, he's. But that made me yeah. so mad because yeah. y'all got to be consistent. Exactly. Yeah, and and, the, and the, the defensive holding call on the run and. It, it, but, but then, but then they, but then they when, didn't call. When Hankins was little like this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding, like, okay, let's yeah, be, right. Let's be consistent here. But you, that's such a good point because you had the hold on Dono. I think believe you had the hold on yep. Dono, and I think that negated that dope sack. It was the sack. They would, they would have had to settle for a field goal yeah. further yeah. back, and also. Yep. But the other thing is, they were able to run more time off the clock. That was in the fourth quarter. And then CMC ended up scoring on that drive. Exactly. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. and he. Yep. Was a ghost. I'm sorry that I think they. they I think the penalty Boom. may have happened third, but yeah, CMC got the one at the end there. Speaking oh, of shit. ghosts, um, I was wanting to see more Ty Hilton. Where the where where? When one target. Like it, it goes back to what I'm saying is, yes, you should rely on CD. He's your number one guy. But where is everybody else in this game plan? Where do they fit? Can I? Does anyone does anyone know where they fit in, well, in that game plan? Yeah, do they know? Does was, Kellen know? Does anyone know? I don't I know. Think, I think I think the game plan went to. I can't say the the word, but Tony Pollard going down bing, seemed bing, like bing. it was the the countdown. Yep. Because if I'm the if I'm San Fran's defense and and we had listened to them, I had listened to audio about them all week. Their intention was to stop. Yep. TP and Dalton Schultz. They didn't mm-hmm. even care. Like crazy enough, 
I think that they knew CD was gonna get his, mm -hmm. and they really you have to, to you have to respect him. They had, a, they had an awful secondary as Trackings. well, so yeah, and they well yeah he cooked them, <laughs> but when Tony Pollard goes down, that's a huge part of their play, like yeah. the Cowboys' playmaking ability, and from there it's like. Oh, about the bite on everything. I yeah. ain't gotta, if I ain't gotta worry about the backfield like that, because no disrespect to Ezekiel Elliott or and then Malik Davis didn't get that much burn either. But they, they the, those linebackers and that defensive line were. Yeah. They, yeah. Were you guys surprised well, they didn't uh, give it to Malik a few times? There I was. They Very brought him in for two seconds. Mm -hmm, he yeah. missed Look, the. He I missed literally the block. wrote it down. Yeah, at he, that he point, missed the block. He missed the block <laughs> yeah. on pass pro, and they. I think they pinned <laughs> it because they didn't done. want Dak getting hurt. But at that point in time, this offensive line I thought blocked pretty well, yeah. like, considering the fact that uh, that you know that their defensive line is insane. This offensive line opened up some holes when I watched, went back and watched that game, and it just was like a tick too slow, not getting through him, not you know, not pushing sure. through him, and and I think Malik Davis might have been able to get through him or a TP. I just, I think the the run was abandoned at that point. I, I don't think we were going to see Malik Davis or TP or Zeke running at that point, even if TP didn't go down because the run was already abandoned. And we've seen time and time again that same truism, Christy, throughout the season of once the run's not working and Kellen Moore decides the run's not working, you're not going to see it throughout the rest of the game. Well, it's a ghost. I yeah, enough, yes, though. but you can only pound your head into a wall they so many yeah. times. Yes. You can't do it I if thought. it's not effective. True. But the thing is, when a game is that close, it's a one-score game, and you have 22 rushing attempts. Now, that includes two by C.D. Lamb. I really like that one conversion. That oh, was that a nice was little nice. play on that flip. Four of them by Dak Prescott. Um, but anyway, Elliott and Pollard combined for uh, 16 rushing attempts. And just to put that in perspective, 22 overall, including the Lamb. Uh, Mike McCarthy was, was saying, I don't know if this was on the record or off the record, but he did say last week that, it needs to be 32 touches or more mm. for those two guys combined. And when I say touches, that, that would be rushing, mm -hmm. okay, not just, sure. uh, you know, uh, dump off passes and stuff like that. And so when you only have those two guys combined for 16, and I know that Pollard missed the second half. But, yeah, um, yeah that's – but, again, you know – it, it yeah. wasn't working. <laughs> it yeah, wasn't I mean, working. I think it was tough, right? Like, you knew that the 49ers didn't allow a lot on the ground. You knew that Trying. going into it, right? So you give it a try. It wasn't working, and then you lose Tony. So it, yeah. it's, it's a game of guesses, right? And I really just think at the end of the day, it was just a poor – it was a poor offensive – Execution. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was there was there was even a moment where um, I, and I tweeted about it, it. And it's the play now that everybody has been talking about. But um, third and whatever, when we settled for the field goal and mm. Dak's trying to thread the needle into CD and double coverage. And T.Y. is standing like this. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And he, it was a walk-in touchdown. And that's why I say, like, it's on Dak to get with these guys in the offseason. And it's on him to figure out, OK, like. Why was I laser focused on getting this pass to you? Like, sure, like you're my guy. That that's where I'm at. That's my first read. But you've got when the offensive line is allowing you that much time to. You had time. Yeah. You had time. Like yeah, you did. the pressure was coming, but you had a second to go. 
you know? And I'm not I'm not a professional football player, obviously, but I just think, like, that's the kind of stuff that you want out of Prescott. That's what he did well in that best game of his career on Monday. And, yeah. and, and those are the performances. I don't necessarily care about the performance against Tampa Bay mm -hmm. if we're not replicating or yeah. at least getting close to that performance <laughs> the very next week, right? Yeah. Because it, it negates everything you just did. And so... For me, he's got to get out there. He's got to yeah. work with these guys. He's got to figure out that timing issue that they talked about all season and why, you know. And even T.Y., I think they even showed on the broadcast. Like, T.Y. came over and he was like, hey, man, like, yeah. what were you yeah. doing? And yeah, I think it's just seeing the field. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah he, you know? He didn't not, see it well did, Didn't see it yesterday. And, but, you know, let's credit the 49ers. They are the number one defense for a reason. They're sure. number one scoring, number one total, number two rushing. And man, that it was so physical. Gosh, I wish I just wish that Cowboy fan. I wish everybody had an opportunity to just one game down on a sideline yep. to see what it's really like when you have two physical teams. And I mean, it's it's like gladiators. No, out there. Well, speaking mm -hmm. of physical, we have to take another break. So coming up, we're talking about the defense, and we are talking about which player went into this game. Talking about this bad taste in his mouth from last year's loss, and did he perform or did he underperform? We're talking about it after this break. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation, so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. <sighs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the okay. Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk defense, but first, let's talk the Star Districts because just steps away from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters in Frisco, you can visit the Star District, your destination for excellent dining, premier shopping, and exciting events. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information on that. All right, ladies, defense, let's talk about it. Deron Bland, anything but Bland during this game. Ten combined total tackles, Donovan Wilson having eight, Tank having six. Six total combined tackles, one sack, and two of those tackles were tackles for loss. Um, keep in mind, Tank is somebody who had, has talked about this bad taste in his mouth. Haley, we've talked about this before. Um, from last year's game, we'll talk about his performance in a bit. But 
He recorded this sack in the first quarter, has three career sacks in the postseason, tied for seventh in team history. So something to keep in mind there. Malik Hooker having eight combined tackles. J-Ron having five, one of those tackles for loss. Dorrance Armstrong having three. Osa Odigizua, five tackles, one sack, and one tackle for loss. So let's talk about what that meant for San Francisco. They had 63 total plays, 21 first downs. They were 7-14 and on third down efficiency. 30, my goodness, 312 total yards, 199 of which are rushing, 113 passing. Or, excuse me, flip that. 199 passing, 113 rushing. But, y'all, I don't know about y'all. Um, I, I didn't sleep well last night. And one of the things that kept replaying in my head is that George Kittle bobbled miracle catch. Um, just stuck with my head. It's one of those things that you watch and you're like, dang, that was great. But we'll talk about that. Christy, I know you specifically wanted to talk about this catch what was interesting? What did you hear from the San Francisco locker room? Well, just what was f- interesting about this play. Just the fact that it was improv and mm. that, you know, what it wasn't really intended for Kittle at all. And just how impressed I was that a rookie, Brock Purdy, can come off. It, the uh, first read on that was Brandon Ayuk, the uh, 49er receiver on a crossing route. As I say, Kittle and uh, uh, they were saying, uh, who was it? Uh, Kyle. Uh, Use check the uh, uh, fullback were on the backside, and so it was an adjustment. Kittle saw what was happening and saw that there was an opening up the middle of the field and took off. And Purdy recognized that and hit him not quite in stride, but the, you know, yeah. it wasn't the fact that it was a tip, you know, he tipped the ball to himself and made this awesome juggling catch, it was side adjustments on the uh, on for both of those players. And the fact that uh, the rookie was on one side of it, mm. I just thought that was outstanding. Chunk plays uh, was was the name of the game. We knew that this this was going to come down to it, that San Francisco offense going to have those chunk plays. But other than that, this defense played one heck of a game. i so impressed by the defense. Aisha, you were talking about your guy Osa. How he continues to be impressive uh, in, in what he's done and what he's doing, impactful. Overall, defensive scoring. How did you feel the defense did yesterday in just overall performance, keeping some hope alive again until they were just gassed at the end of this game? Yeah, I mean, I thought the DTs played so well to start that game. Uh, Hankins, Watkins, Osa, those guys set the tone early. um, And say what you want to say, San Fran struggled to run the ball too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just figured out how to get it going in the passing game to a degree, but they struggled to run the ball too. And you're talking about a team that I think is averaged over over 100 yards a game since Christian McCaffrey's been there. Um, The way that the Cowboys were able to bottle him up and for him to not truly be a factor in this game besides really short yardage situations – incredibly impressive the game plan that Dan Quinn had in place to to really make Brock Purdy have to win this game um I think it worked for the majority of the time until you just you know towards the end of the game where you didn't get enough I I really do wish they could have capitalized out of the opportunities they had to take the ball away I think that could have shifted things but I just don't know how much you could complain about how they tackled, how they hit. I mean, Donovan Wilson yeah. definitely made his presence felt, known, everything. But it's – um, yeah, I thought the defense played as well as I think they could have in those situations, and I thought it was enough, in and my opinion. You're talking about a 49ers team where the, the storyline was the yakability 
during this game. Tracking. Haley, how do you feel like the Cowboys defense capitalized on making sure that that yak ability was shut down early on and really through most of the game? Just look at Debo's numbers. He was 7 of 45 and was really a non-factor in the second half. I thought he had an okay first half, but, I mean, that was kind of it. I mean, when when George Kittle is your guy that's leading the way in that yeah. category and, and just yardage in general, and that's no disrespect to George Kittle. I thought not only was he the most entertaining part of the game, but he was the best player on the field for mm -hmm. sure, uh, at least from an offensive perspective. Mm -hmm. So, uh, listen, we've said it this entire time. I think that the defense did everything and more that they could have done to win this game. You held a San Francisco's 49ers roster that is littered with offensive weapons to 19 points. And well, that's than that, right? Because it was the pick, right? Well, well, you had the, mm. the two interceptions led to two field goals. So you were the defense was put yeah. on the spot and just holding them to field goals. I'm sorry. Good. I didn't yeah. interrupt yeah. you. I'm no, sorry. No, no, you're I, good. I was, you're good. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's it. Like, that's there's nothing really more that this team could have done, you know, from a defensive standpoint sure. anyways. And then you mix in special teams and them getting in there and, and tackling physically, like you mentioned. Um, I think they did well. I think the good news is is that there's a foundation built. I think where it gets tricky is that the list of free agents that we have, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is Boy. extensive. You've got Donovan Wilson on that list. Leighton Van Der Esch is on that list. Uh, Anthony Barr is on that list, just Jonathan to name a Hankins. couple uh, off <sighs> the top of the dome. So the, yeah. the tricky part becomes do you sustain that defensive foundation that you've built? Christy, one last thing before we run out of time. We were talking about injuries and, of course, um, sending all of our well wishes, prayers to Tony Pollard, but also Carlos Watkins went down, and, and yeah. you wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah, as well. Yeah, he had worked his way up into the starting role at defensive tackle, and he suffered the calf injury late in the first quarter. He ended up only playing seven plays. And so I think that uh, especially that 91-yard, uh, series by the San Francisco offense in the fourth quarter, you could see that the defense was getting worn down. Well, you were missing one of your top DTs in there, part of the uh, defensive tackle rotation, so I think that uh, that had something to do with it. But I'm so glad that both of you mentioned Donovan Wilson uh, along with Leighton Vander Esch. Because I am BC, baby. I, Donovan yeah, Wilson. I, I, th I think Dono, I, 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 I'm sure that the Cowboys are going to make him a priority mm -hmm. signing uh, free Top agent of the list. to re-sign him. But, uh, I, you know, it's just uh, I think he's one of the most underappreciated players on the entire team. This is his first full year. Yep. This is his first full year playing a full season. So shout out to him. Shout out to him for taking care of his body and, and yeah. being able to stay healthy and be an impact on this team because I think that that's a big part of why he hasn't been able to is because he's been injured. And so, yeah. Just, what, what did we say in the first week of, of the regular season? That he was the Golden Whistle Award winner yeah, right. from uh, Coach McCarthy and from the strength and conditioning staff for all of his hard work and coming overcoming injury and that. And so I'm, I'm so happy that it paid off for him this whole season. J.K. too, right? We got to send. Oh, well he was. Wishes. He was fantastic. Yeah. We got to yeah. send well wishes to him as well. Sounds like he has yeah. a, a torn labrum. He's going to have surgery on that. Right. Um, yep. He played through yep. numerous injuries. Sprained um, knee. Yeah. Yep. So he definitely to that list of you know yep. gentlemen. Yep. Like I would love to mention yep. him and say that. I hope he's good too. Definitely uh, a lot of banged up guys in this locker room, and uh, now they have time to rest. They have plenty <laughs> of time to rest. You know what the busiest room is going to be for the next two months. The operating room, because yep. everybody goes in and gets their off-season like, yep. surgeries. Uh, the white <laughs> receiver room? Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah. Please? I hope. <laughs>
All right. Well, that is all for us here on Girls Talk, Boys Talk. I still hope you all enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of your week, or try to. You can, you can be in mourning for a little while, and then let's move along and let's focus on the offseason. Uh, we're not done. A lot of free agency, a lot of draft stuff coming up uh, as well. So plenty to continue to talk about. Just wish it didn't end in the way it did. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk with Christy Scales, Haley Sutton, Aisha Morrison, our Jazzy Marshall in the back. I'm Jess Navarez. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day, Cowboys Nation. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?